Well, hello and welcome to uh, the Wednesday Word podcast from Las Vegas, Nevada at Desert Spring United Methodist Church. We're glad that you could join us today. My name is Julie Hart. I serve as the Director of Connectional Ministries here uh, at Desert Spring Church. And we have a first-time guest that I'm excited to be able to talk to, Dale Copeland. So, Dale, just introduce yourself and tell us how you came to be here. Good morning. My name is Dale Copeland. My wife and I moved here two and a half years ago or so from Nashua, New Hampshire. And uh, we found Desert Spring Church from a recommendation of a couple back in our church in New Hampshire. They had previously lived in Las Vegas, and they said, give, uh, give this church a try. And uh, we started going here, and we're not members, but we are regular attenders at this time. Yeah, definitely, definitely regulars around here. Well, okay, so let's start with your your introduction uh, coming to the church and how you found us. I know you found us through your recommendation, but your first time, did you, was it online, was it in person, or how did you jump in with us? We started uh, right away. It was at the end of COVID, and uh, we came to the services we started going to the uh, early service and then went to the 9.30, and now we are regular attenders at the service of uh, the last service, mm-hmm. the contemporary with uh, Katie singing and the band playing and the quote-unquote louder music, and uh, <laughs> Sue and I just like the contemporary. Okay, awesome. So so you came as we were opening up and kind of getting things back to, to you know, in person, um, and so that's how you, how you found us, um, and... So what was your experience coming? It's it, Las Vegas is different, first of all. It's a different kind of city. So at the time that you found us, how involved were you in, in things in Las Vegas? Or are we kind of one of your first things that you jumped into? Well, we uh, had been coming out here for a number of years because we have two daughters, and one daughter has two sons, and we have two grandsons now. With uh, They have lots of energy and taking our energy away. <laughs> and... Uh, at the when one of our first services, we we read in the bulletin of the different ministries, and there was the food pantry, yeah. and uh, I had called one Monday and spoke with Dan Harper, who was the director at that time, and said, Dan, Sue, my wife and I would like to come out and help out on Saturdays or other days, to see what the ministry is, and see what we can do. We've been involved in our previous church, and he said, Dale, come on down on Saturdays and be here at six at that time, and. Yeah. Uh, was here early with Dan, and uh, I had volunteered to uh, take the role of the individuals as they'd line up to get the food, and uh, it was a joy to do that and just to meet the people, and it gives you a sense of how grateful and thankful you can be because of what people don't have as far as food and their food insecurities, and that's how I got to know different folks here through the food pantry and meeting Dan and John and Pat and now Jake working with him and it's been great yeah yeah and you know covid certainly uh, there were a lot of challenges with covid but in some ways covid gave us an opportunity to come together and um in service and so um we for those that are not familiar with uh the, our church we're located in uh summerlin in las vegas uh which is you know not a place where people would expect to have a food distribution or a food pantry. And um, so tell me about that experience for you, because I know some people were surprised and like, why do you, why do you need that there? Why, you know, we're the only one actually in our, in Summerlin. Yes. Well, we saw it in the bulletin, as I mentioned, and uh, Sue and I were involved in ministries back in New Hampshire, 
that helped out people. And to me, it's we're down here on this earth for a limited number of time, as everyone knows. And uh, it's all about relationships. And uh, Sue and I wanted to get involved, to get to know people and to help. Mm -hmm. And certainly this does help. And uh, it's just uh, it's good to see different people and to meet the folks here at the church and uh, mm -hmm. what stories they have mm -hmm. and how their lives have been enriched by what they do. And Sue and I, our lives have been enriched by the people here. Yeah. In the ministry. Yeah, there are such wonderful people that serve here. And and I get to be a part of the food distribution also. And I think the surprising thing is that COVID, I mean, it, it took people out at different levels. So a lot of the people that were, and you know, have experienced this here getting food, these are people that never, ever expected to be in this position. These were not people living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of these people, you know, just really found themselves just shocked to be in a position that they need to to yes. be coming yes. for food and coming for help and and I think it's a a difficult thing to do there's there's pride and a lot of things attached to that and um, embarrassment and I just love the grace that people have in serving people that you know they don't want to be they don't want to be in this position you know so can you tell me about some examples of how you see that um, played out with the people who serve and for yourself too how we're able to extend that that love and grace. A lot of the folks that uh, come and get food on Saturdays, especially, and even during the week, some come during the week, so when I help out on Thursdays as well as every other Saturday, they will, uh, there'll be a few moments where they will share what's happened to them. And, uh, you know, whether it's a sickness that's caused this or whether they're getting up in their age and they lost their job or they're just middle age and they lost their job. And they'll... Uh, They'll just uh, be open to different things. And Sue and I will often say, would you like us to pray for you? And no one over the last two years has ever turned that down. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has brought tears to some eyes. And uh, it's, just, uh, it's just great to see that and just open up. And it just reinforces in Sue's mind, my wife, and my own mind that we are down here for a relationship with different people and just uh, help out in any way we can. And a lot of the folks we see every Thursday, and uh, they just open up and they continue to welcome the prayers and uh, just that support that we can, and a little bit of support in a prayer that we can give. Mm -hmm. And and it's what what you do for the least of these, right? This this yes, this is what it we're is, called uh, to do. Yes, that's what it's exactly Rachel. It's what we are called to do, and it's uh, it brings great uh, a lot of joy, a lot of comfort. And satisfaction, I guess, would be a good word. Not to be proud about it, but just a, re a realization that we are fortunate in what we have and what we're able to do here. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, thank you. That's that's great. That's that's where you are now, and that's how you're plugged in now. So now we're going to go like way back and just uh, <laughs> uh, you know tell tell me about you know growing up as a child and where you grew up. And I always love to find out like how people got to Las Vegas and where they started from. No, not too many people started from Las Vegas. So, so no, that's one thing from? that Sue and I have found out. I often say. Uh, are you from Las Vegas to different people? And they say, no. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. uh, same with Sue and I. Um, I grew up in uh, northwest Pennsylvania mm -hmm. where it's quite a bit colder. And uh, I grew up in a, uh, as a, in a Catholic home. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was an old boy in the Catholic Church and went to high school and went to college back there, went to the University of Richmond, Virginia, played football there on a scholarship and um, transferred to a smaller school back home. And then I was in ROTC and went to... Uh, uh, 
the Air Force after that stationed in South Dakota and then in uh, in the Boston, Massachusetts area where Sue is from, from Bedford, Mass. And uh, we met there in church. And uh, I always tell the story that sat down in church. I wanted to go to Sunday school and uh, sat next to a gentleman. His name was Larry. And uh, he said, hi, my name is Larry. And I said, hi, Larry, my name is Dale. It's my first time here. And he said, oh, hi. He said, this is Sue over here. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> And uh, that was in February of 80. Wow. And then Sue and I were engaged in June of 80 and married in October of 80. Wow. And we're still married today and uh, with two lovely daughters and uh, went to Washington, D.C. after that. Uh, Worked at the Pentagon and different uh, positions down there. And then uh, separated from the service, stayed in the Air Force Reserves, but uh, went to work for different companies up in the New England area and uh, attended a Nazarene church there. Uh, where our daughters grew up and uh, graduated from the uh, the Sunday school there, high school there, and, and the ministries from church. And Sue and I were involved in uh, the ministry uh, for Operation Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas yep. Child. Yeah, we've done that. Through Samaritan's Purse, and uh, we still do that today. Yeah. And uh, it's just been a, a journey of uh, different episodes in our life through, especially with uh, Christmas Child, Operation Christmas Child, that... It was it was very meaningful to us, and just the way we we could help. Mm-hmm. And your your children always saw that they always saw you in you know serving others. That's yes, how they were yes, mm-hmm. they did. And uh, we served through uh, Sue helped out with the women's ministry, but mostly on operations. Kirsten Child, she did that year round, where she collected different mm-hmm. items for the boxes. Yeah, I was uh, on the usher with the ushers, and also on the church board there. Uh, for many years, I think around 15 years, and uh, but the uh, Operation Christmas Child was uh, instrumental and in, within our children's lives, and we still do that today. And uh, yes, even through uh, a time period in in Sue's life that's still ongoing, she had um, been diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. Yeah, and about, now what year was that, Dale? That was in. Uh, we moved here in October of 2019. She was diagnosed in August of 2000. 20. Wow. And she had surgery in uh, February of 21, and she is about two and a half years now, a little under two and a half years after surgery, and uh, all the scans and labs are clear. And just that experience, uh, experience uh, just does not cover it. It's a, mm. a life-changing event, an yeah. event that uh, shapes you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And Sue and I have learned to be more grateful and thankful those are the two words that would describe yeah. Sue at this time and myself. And for her, she wakes up every day and she's happy to see the blue sky here in Las Vegas in the mountains mm-hmm. and um, enjoy enjoy their time here. Well, and, and, and to go through cancer and pancreatic cancer, you know, that's so difficult. But then you're also in the middle of a pandemic. So, right. So this is yes. happening at, at a very strange and weird time and all everything is different. So talk about what that was like. I mean, it's already an isolating time and you're in a new, you know, place and, and, and this. So what was that like? The, uh, it was very isolating is a good word. I can remember when uh, my daughter and I drove from New Hampshire down to Boston. It was Sue surgery day. We had to drop her off, and it was uh, right in the midst of COVID. And uh, Sue was in the van, and uh, our daughter Jen was in the van as well. And 
we got to the hospital and I was able to walk out with Sue and take her to the front desk. Our daughter could not go into mm-hmm. the hospital, Mm-mm. just myself and I. And I dropped her off at the reception desk and someone came to get her in a wheelchair. So weird. And no one else, we could not go in for a week and a half. Oh my We word. could not. And we, she had surgery scheduled a few hours later and it was, it lasted eight and a half hours. Wow. And they called us at uh, around two o'clock in the morning and, and the nurses said everything is good. Wow. But it was isolating and it really uh, tries your faith. It shows you and shows every, will show everyone else how strong your faith is. And uh, obviously there were a lot of tears mm-hmm. before, during the diagnosis and before surgery. And then even after surgery, uh, it's just very difficult with the side effects and uh at that point. But it's in times of trials that uh, your relationship will grow, Mm -hmm. your relationship with God will grow, and you will see just how strong that is and what you can lean on. uh, And just you realize that you're not alone, number one, and your family is there for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and you're right. Already, that experience is where you you hold, you hold on to each other and hold on to your faith. But really, there wasn't a lot else to hold on to during this time of COVID. I mean, there was very little to hold on to. Yes, there was very little. And uh, when she went in for surgery, our my one daughter and I went back home, uh, which was 40 miles away from the hospital, and we were sitting around there. There were three of us: our the other daughter Ashley, the our youngest, and then Jen. And then myself, we were sitting around, and there you only have your faith and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And we occasionally would talk with each other, but we were there waiting. And you only have your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's all that you have and your faith. Mm-hmm. And it's your thoughts. And we shared some different things at that time and verses mm-hmm. uh, just to help each other out. But it was pretty quiet. During that well, time period. Yeah, and was there a particular verse that, that you found yourself holding on to, or um, was there something for Sue? Or uh, Yes, there was. I would say with Sue, it was uh, in Colossians one seventeen, which our pastor at that time came to the house and shared with Sue, and she always remembered that verse. I hope I can keep it together here for a few moments, but Colossians one seventeen said, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And uh, Sue remembered that verse before surgery and uh, after after surgery. And so did uh, during that time when myself and Jennifer are, and Ashley, our daughters, were sitting there in our living room waiting for Rennie reports on the surgery, that we recited that verse. And it came to us many times uh, during the surgery and afterwards. And uh, it just was special to us and kept us together. Mm, Kept us together, and uh, it was fantastic at that time. That's wonderful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And it's some sometimes you know we can look back and see, oh, God was there and God was in this. But when you are in the moment and you can recognize God's presence and you know that God's hand in where you're at in the moment, that's that's pretty amazing. Because a lot of times it's hard to you're just so stressed and so worried in the moment. So to be able to have that kind of peace um, and to have those words to hold on to is 
is a pretty awesome thing. So, yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So talk about your faith as a family and how that showed up in your household raising your kids. Well, we always, uh, I was raised up going to church, Catholic church, and we did a lot of things together as a family. And uh, Sue was raised with two brothers, and uh, she had a mom and a dad and two brothers and her, and they were always doing things together. And with our two daughters, that's what we did. We uh, went to church together. We did activities together. They were involved in sports in school and uh, music in school, plays. We did things together as a family. But mostly it was going to church and realizing our faith in God and living that out. And uh, they had uh, boyfriends coming through high school, and uh, everyone that touched our lives, uh, they saw that we had a family. And I think our next-door neighbor paid the biggest tribute to us as a family back in uh, New Hampshire. She started going to our church, and she had three children. And uh, she was eventually baptized in the Nazarene church. And uh, she was giving a testimony, and she said, I came here to this church because of Sue Copeland. And uh, Sue and Dale are next-door neighbors, and I saw how their daughters were being raised. Mm. And I saw the family they had and the things that they did. And it meant a lot to me. And it touched my life and impacted my life. And so I want to become a part of this ministry here wow. in a community chapel in Nashua. And wow. And our we just tried to be a testimony in the neighborhood mm. as well. Yeah. For all the neighbors. And uh it was very rich and a lot of exciting times growing up with the family and doing yeah. things and we had a pool, and our daughter's friends would come quite a bit to their uh, to play in the pool on weekends, and also our uh, Sue's brother's children would come as well on weekends, and her mom and dad would come up because they lived on the same street, and we had a lot of barbecues as a family, and uh, it was just a, a good time. That's awesome, and you know what? There's no better testimony than a life well lived, right, for people. Yes. You can say all you want, but people... You know, people are watching the the yes. life that that you're living. So, um, so you're military, which yes. is you know, you know, I'm a military <laughs> mom, and it's rough, man. It's rough. It's rough. Yes. Um, you know, because I always ask my kids, well, when are you doing this, or how's it? They're like, mom, we are like on a need to know basis, and so it's kind of an interesting way to live because, um, you know, you it, don't. Yeah, talk talk about that. It has its challenges, uh, being a military family. Uh, you have to work probably a little bit harder at doing things together and making sure you don't get separated uh, when you do go off on deployment. Uh, I never had that. I had a pretty easy military career, as you'd say. I was always a, a desk, a paper pusher, pencil pusher, you know, writing things down. Uh, and it was uh, it was like a higher calling to me. I was in ROTC in college and... Uh, Worked in the military in South Dakota and then uh, Boston area at the Hanscom Air Force Base, and then Washington, D.C., and then stayed in the reserves. I was able to travel quite a bit with the reserves and just to see other people around the world and different cultures. It was quite an experience. Um, it, it was an enrichment to our own family and to our lives because they'd ask me about different things, and I would bring them back little trinkets, I guess you would call mm -hmm. that, from mm -hmm. different places, and uh, yeah. it was fun. So what kind of work did you do? I was an administrative uh, position, 
I was in uh, contracting, and I spent uh, I spent tax dollars. Tax dollars. Spent the money. <laughs> I spent the money. Yes, in South Dakota, I bought small things for the base, and then at the Pentagon, I worked on the cruise missile project and uh, made uh, or purchased large uh, the specifically the engine for the cruise missile. It has the guidance system in the front, the airframe that holds everything, and the engines in the back. And we I worked specifically on the engine branch in that office. Okay. And uh, cool. in the Air Force Reserves, I was also in contracting, but it was more of a quality assurance slash contracting position where I would fly with the commercial carriers around different places in the world. And that was a lot of fun and uh, just a lot of enjoyment. There wasn't a lot of pressure. It was like a vacation from my regular job as a civilian where I worked for a Department of Defense company. Okay. Okay, wonderful. And so, do you come from a fam- a service family? Like, why why the military for you? No, my uh, do not come from a service family. My father was in the army, I think, for seven or eight years, and he had to sign the papers in college that uh, I wanted to uh, where I wanted to join the ROTC, and uh, he made sure that he understood my commitment, and uh, he did not agree with my decision mm-hmm. to go into ROTC. He didn't think it was a good idea, but I said, Dad, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And it started from there in ROTC and uh, had an obligation after college. And uh, I just uh, stayed there. And I enjoyed the commitment mm-hmm. and the responsibility and probably the guidelines that they give you because there's a lot of rules when you're in any mm-hmm. any company. You have more rules when you're mm-hmm. in, the, in the service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you, you like that structure. Yes, yeah. like the structure. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I, yeah, I have two sons, and one of them is definitely the one that – really likes that structure and one of them is like you know they're just not very creative here i'm like really (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know um so but so then you just have a heart to serve yes um i guess uh when i was growing up i always had a heart to uh please i guess Mm -hmm. do the right thing Mm -hmm. and then it turned into serving and then realizing in high school that people mattered going to church uh, mentioned I went to a Catholic church and I had friends obviously in high school and college and just having a learning more about what God wants us to do down here mm-hmm. and how uh, people are important and hearing uh, Pastor Dave's messages the last uh, six months and about how relationships matter and people matter and just through my Air Force career there are some people that I met uh, who went on to, uh, like, NASA contracting, and we still know them today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just relationships are important, and that's what God wants us to uh, help him out with down here. That's mm-hmm. what he wants us to do, uh, to glorify him. And you do it through relationships. And as I had mentioned names in the past here, but here with uh, John Miller and Dan Harper in the past and now with Jake at the food pantry and uh, others, it's just the relationship you enrich. My life has been enriched, and you enrich their lives. Mm-hmm. And with that, you glorify God, and uh, it goes from there. Mm-hmm. And I love that, and, and that relationships do matter. And uh, that is one of the hits that we took in COVID is a lot of people kind of got isolated and had a hard time, many people, re-engaging in relationships and being and peopling, just doing that, just being... Um, so you being, you seem pretty extroverted and you seem like a people person. So, um, what was that like not to be able to, to really be in and around, um, 
the many kinds of relationships you normally would have during that time. Was that a big struggle? It was a struggle. Uh, thank you, Julie, for saying I was an extrovert. I consider myself an introvert. Oh, but no. <laughs> I like to be around people yeah. and uh, seeing them have a good time. It, it's difficult when you're alone. And uh, since I've retired three and a half years ago, I've, it's a realization that people are more important than I thought. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, now, and then with COVID, you're more isolated. And it's just a, I meant said the word realization, and um, we need that. It's a need in our own lives, in my life, just to be around other men, uh, other women, and just uh, couples to see what God is doing and just a, a continual reminder of uh, how important that is. Mm-hmm. And every relationship we're in, any friendship, any whatever, teaches us something ab- about ourselves. So, Yes, right? yes, it does. It <laughs> yeah, does. right. Yes. So you talked about Pastor David's messages and... Um, you know, can you share about, you know, I always like to think that, you know, families and couples and people go home and they, they talk. And I know some that do. Oh, we, we went, we go to coffee after, we go to breakfast, and we talk about the message. We talk about the sermon. Is that something that you and Sue do after church? Yes, we do. Okay, yes. so can you talk about that a little? I guess every just about every Sunday we talk about the messages and uh, how Dave is very personable and uh, scriptural. And I said... I said to Sue, I think, last weekend that I said, she, Sue, he is really right on that. He's right on that relationships matter. And Sue will, said, well, Dale, that's true. We've talked about that. But it's just a reminder mm-hmm. of uh, we need that reminder, in this case, from uh, Pastor Dave and his messages, and as well as from your message, Julie, two weeks ago. Uh, we listened to it online mm-hmm. where you talked about joy. And you need continual reminders that, gee, you're not alone down here. Mm-hmm. And there's others in different circumstances. And those circumstances are not like yours, number one. They may be better than yours, but a lot of times they're worse than yours. Mm-hmm. Often. And you still, yes, often. And you still have to realize that, gee, you have faith and you have a responsibility down here to have a relationship, to help somebody out, mm-hmm. to share what you God has given you, not to get a, give everything away that you have, but to share some of the riches that God has blessed you with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those who didn't hear, my my message was on joy in all circumstances, and so that's something that continues to show up in, in your life, is, is finding joy in all circumstances. And can you talk about times where it was hard to have joy in all circumstances, in those circumstances, or... I guess the uh, another difficult time was when uh, Sue's mom and dad passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, her father passed away, I think, around uh, oh, eight, uh, eight years ago or so now. And it was a difficult time for me. Um, he was like a second father to me. Mm-hmm. Not was like he was a second father to me. I've learned so much about life through him, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a mentor to me. That was an extremely difficult time for me and was for Sue as well, her dad. Everyone loves their dad. Uh, and then with her mom passing, those were difficult times, and she, we miss those people that are special to us in the past. Mm-hmm. But we still have those memories, and Sue and I often talk about the memories of uh, of those times. Uh, another difficult time was moving out here. Mm-hmm. Everything, when you retire, 
using that word. Sue and I have talked. Let's not use that retire mm-hmm. word retire. Let's yeah. use another word. Right. Regenerate or retool. Our pastor mm. back home said, Dale, you're going to retool and do something different. That is a big adjustment because all the things that you think you might not want to do anymore, like have a regular schedule or mm-hmm. get up and go to work every day, yeah. uh, you realize that that meant something to you. Yeah, that's part that of your identity. Part of your identity. Yeah. And it's out here, it was a, uh, it's been an adjustment to retool and get to know different folks and get involved in a ministry. And when you get to know different folks and people, families, their situations, uh, it it helps out with your the strength of your faith. It strengthens it once again mm-hmm. and gives you a reminder that you need to be grateful and uh, just keeps us busy with our time and helping others. So you moved out here shortly after retirement. Ex- right, about four or five days after retirement. Okay, like real shortly yes. after. Okay, yes. so so you 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 retire you t- retire from your job. You move to a new place. You have a the, you know then the pandemic and then cancer. That is a tremendous amount. I mean, all of those are pretty pretty big stressors. Like that, you sort of just decided to just do it all at one time. So uh, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of adjustment. It, it was a lot of adjustment. It still is. I think every day is an adjustment. Every day is a challenge, and God gives us new mercies every day. That's somewhere in the Old Testament, I think. God's mercies are new every day, maybe in Psalms. Mm-hmm. But uh, we uh, chose to do it that way, and our two daughters had been out here, one, I think, six or seven years before we moved, and the other one, two years. They mm-hmm. were here already. Yeah. That certainly helped out For immensely. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that made all the difference. And then our two grandsons, it occupies our time. Uh, and that being said, they're a different generation. I mean, mm-hmm. Sue and I are older, obviously, and uh, we needed to find something to do with our time, mm-hmm. and we need to have our own friends. Yeah. And it, that was a, that was probably one of the most, the most difficult things in life next to Sue's surgery, because we were alone. Yeah. Even yeah. though we we didn't move that many times in the service, but out here, nothing was uh, very familiar uh, as far as there was. We didn't have uh, scheduled work that we went to. Yeah, we had, but we could go see our daughters, and uh, they helped us out with what church to go to, and mm-hmm. we met their friends. But we need we soon found that we needed to have our friends. Sure, yeah, for sure. And one thing I I hear because retirement's, you know, I'm not even. Whatever. I, it's going to be out there someday for me. But I talk to a lot of people, obviously, that have gone through retirement. And I think the common thread I hear for the people that um, can come through it finding happiness and joy is finding a purpose, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So talk talk about that for both I think of the, you. Uh, Sue and I are probably still searching for what purpose we're going to have. Mm-hmm. We uh, both have gifts uh, of administration and uh, just compassion. Um, we uh, we are just helping with the ministries, the pantry here, and that means so much to us. And mm-hmm. that uh, we still have time. We help out with our our daughter and and the kids there, the grandchildren. We help there and spend time with them and other ministries that our other daughter is involved in. That uh, goodness gracious ministries and uh, the Hoving Home. Mm-hmm. But um, we still have time, 
and it's still growing what we're going getting involved in out here and just learning different things and uh wanting to uh wanting to help mm-hmm. help others mm-hmm. it's great that you both share that because that you know there's that you can find ways to serve together which doesn't always happen a lot of people they they got different interests and so you guys are able to find your way into things that you can do together and care about together Yes, that's been the focus. We want to do things that we can do together, and the food pantry is a wonderful place to do that. And just uh, seeing the faces of people that are from another part of the world, they've been living here for two years or three years or ten years, in the case of some people from Ukraine, just a few months, and they mm-hmm. can barely speak English, and just see the the thankfulness on their face, mm-hmm. it gives you some satisfaction and uh, just a, a realization knowing that we, Sue and I, are doing what God wants us to do. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, so you have grandchildren, and that's kind of like, I'm I'm waiting. I'm just really waiting for that. I'm like, I, come on, I to my sons, like, it's, you travel, do your thing, but just get, give me some grandkids. But so talk about, talk about the difference for you from being a parent to being a grandparent. I... I guess the uh, one of the differences uh, I see is uh, I don't have as much energy with two <laughs> grandsons. They are active all the time. Just to uh, that's the biggest difference, and they are a joy when they come around. Just about every other day or so. Sometimes it's every day we see them, and just the questions they ask uh, when they call me Papa, and they call Sue Nana. Just to hear their voices, it's special in that regard. And uh, it to me, it's like a big responsibility, a responsibility that I, Sue and I both enjoy, just how we can tailor their life and shape their life and help our daughter, Ashley, who's doing a fantastic job. Uh, we can just help out, you know, give her a break here and there or help her as she has an appointment. Can you watch Chase or can you watch Cole? And uh, it's neat to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really is. What are your What are your hopes for them? What are your What are your What do you hope to pass on from 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 you and Sue? What is it that you hope that uh, you pass on? And and what what are your hopes for them? Whole different that's generation. A, hmm. That's a good question. I think the hope um, hope that we can pass on uh, a sense that God is in control of their life, and they need to be diligent and what they do, what they choose to do in life. And they need to be happy and share that happiness with other people and uh, have a sense of responsibility just to uh, do what God would want them to do, find what God would want them to do, and uh, to go ahead and do that, have the courage to do that. And uh, to give them a, uh, I hope that Sue and I can help Ashley and our other daughter Jen give them a framework. Uh, They Obviously, there's Ashley and her husband, Jake. They're doing a great job. And just to help give them a framework that they can get through life in. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful that you are here um, close by. It's a different kind of relationship you get to have than, you know, flying across the, I mean, the country. I, I know that when I got married before I had kids, we were going to buy a house. I'm like, well, it has to be within five minutes from mom, which it really was. And it's turned out to be wonderful to be close by. It was great, you know, for my kids to have grandma 
right around the corner. And, and now that she's older, it's great that, you know, she's close by. And so now we can be there to help. And so I, a lot of people in Las Vegas don't have, don't have that family. So what a blessing that is for you to. It is. We, Sue and I often talk about that, that it's well, our grandchildren are just a mile away and they've walked to our house. We've walked to their house. And just a realization that, oh, it's when you say goodbye on a Sunday afternoon or any time in the evening, they're just right down the street, mm-hmm. just a phone call away, and uh, we can show up, and it's uh, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So what's been the hardest adjustment in Las Vegas? It's a different kind of city. I moved here from Salt Lake City, Utah, so that was it is a very different. <laughs> I guess the biggest difference would be the heat, mm-hmm. the heat in, in, uh, in New Hampshire, it rarely gets over 100. Mm-hmm. We might have three or four days mm-hmm. here. That's a, a normal temperature come June, July, and August and 4th of September. D- dry heat. <laughs> hot is still hot, right? <laughs> yes, it is a dry heat. But one gentleman, we were down here years ago, he said, oh, we said, we don't mind the heat too much. And he said, uh, he said, are you crazy? He said, yes, it is a dry heat, but it's like being in an oven. In an oven that's 110 degrees. It's toasty. It gets toasty. <laughs> I'd say that's been the biggest uh, adjustment as far as geographically. Uh, living in New Hampshire, it does have a lot more green. Mm-hmm. Here, we had some uh, work done in our backyard in front, and the landscaper said, what do you want? We said, turn it into green. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, put green in there. Mm-hmm. No more yeah. brown. No it more it brown. is hard. I miss I miss the seasons. I miss the green. I think that people are very surprised uh, to find, you know, like, what, you have churches in Las Vegas? I mean, it's not, you know, it's just a regular city in so many ways. It is a regular city. Our friends back home uh, wonder why we moved out here. Mm -hmm. And uh, when people think of Las Vegas, they think of the Strip. That's all they think of, just that one section of road. Exactly. And they forget, uh, or I remind them, and they have forgotten that there are communities here just like anywhere else. And mm-hmm. I said that that's exactly right. It's like anywhere else. Mm-hmm. There are churches out here. There are schools out here. There are things to do out here in the country. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, people are living, children are being born out here and growing up in a neighborhood and learning things just like you would learn them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it re- and it really is wonderful. And really, we mostly only go to the Strip when company comes to town. <laughs> that's, like, that's true. Right? That's very it's true. It's like, we do yeah. go there. We do go there, but it's usually, yeah. So, well, I think it's wonderful. I'm so pleased that you found Desert Spring. It's uh, We're an eclectic, we're an eclectic uh, kind of group of people here. So how would you describe uh, the people of Desert Spring now that you've been around a little bit? I'd say it's a group of uh, caring individuals. A group of people who care about others and who work work through their faith and who seek out relationships. Um, people that are humble hmm. and they realize uh, where they are in life. People that are happy. Mm-hmm. Joyful which, people. Uh, yes, happy and joyful people. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That's great to hear. And so for someone who is like thinking about going to church but not quite sure... What's your what's your elevator speech as to why they should join you to church here on Sunday morning? If you want to uh, find God, Desert Springs is a church where you could find God. It uh, it's all about relationships. It's all about what God is doing down here on this earth. And uh, people are kind. People are humble. People are patient with you. Uh, people will help you 
in whatever situation you find yourself in life. I love it. That's wonderful. You'll, you'll, you can, you can uh, record our uh, next commercial. Um, okay. So um, is there anything else that, that um, about the life of Dale Copeland that you think someone out there needs to know and hear? Uh, during, uh, you know, your life, uh, different things happen. Things have happened to me, mostly good things in my life. We all go through lose a loss of parents, loss of siblings, sicknesses, and health. And I think the thing that I would leave with everyone else is in what it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, is states, but they that wait upon the Lord, the Lord shall renew their they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings mm-hmm. like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. There are times in my life that uh, I've been weary, that I've run out of gas, mm-hmm. that Sue has been sick, uh, that people have passed away, that are mentors to me, mm-hmm. that are family members to me, my brother, uh, and uh, it's just a time in your life. And you've, God is, but I always remember that God is there, that he is ready and willing to help out in whatever situation that I found myself in. And that just gives a, uh, makes me confident and gives me a joy and a thankful heart and being grateful. And that has been uh, what I try to live throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. That's beautiful. And I, the last time, not this recently when I preached, but the time before, it was about the importance of sharing your story. And I talked about how Pastor David does a, a part in the celebration of life when somebody's passed, the how shall we name the part of his service. I don't know if you've been to one of his memorial services, but it's very beautiful, very touching part of it. And it really makes me think like, wow, like how will I, how will I be named? And so how do you, Dale Copeland, hope someday to be named? I think I would hope to be named uh, as a man of faith and a man of family. Um, that was important to uh, Sue's dad, and that's, that's what I have tried to make important to me. I think it was a man of faith, family, and country. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty awesome way to be named, and I'm sure... Some long, long, long time from now that that you will be. Um, Well, Dale, I want to thank you for coming in and sharing um, your story. I want to thank you for all that you do here at Desert Spring. You just, uh, you know, you 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 both quietly serve and just get the work done, and you know that's that's important, and it it, it doesn't go unnoticed. And so, uh, we're we're just grateful that you found your way to us, and that this was a place that. you can call home and and we look forward to as you continue to figure out your purpose and the next things uh the next for this next season um we're excited that we get to be a part of that here so um thank you thank you so much for being here today thank you julie and uh thank you for this opportunity and uh thank the church for the opportunity and uh sue and i will continue to help and pray and serve here and uh it's good wonderful Wonderful. Well, if it's okay, I'll close us in prayer. Okay. Gracious, loving God, we thank you. Um, we thank you for Dale and for his wife, Sue, and for all that they they are here for us at Desert Spring. We thank you for the way that they um, serve and um, the way that um, 
they they let your light shine through them here. Um, we thank you for the relationships uh, that they have made here and um, that the example that they are, um, that they set for those who they come in contact with. Uh, we thank you so much for the healing um, of Sue's cancer and uh, for um, being able to be with them during this time and for always being present. And Lord, we just recognize that um, you are always present and what a blessing it is uh, that they recognize um, the gift that that is. And so uh, continue to bless and watch over them and uh, let your light shine. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.